Church. If you would like to dedicate your child to the Lord, please go to the Information Center and sign up today. Also on March 8th is going to be the Dreamies here at 6 p.m. If you have volunteered here at the church, we want to celebrate you and your family. So please come and attend this fun banquet. We'll have food and a lot of fun. On Saturday, March 21st, we're going to be having a kite flying day and picnic here at the church for the kids ministry. Everyone is welcome to come and bring kites and food for a fun family picnic. Good morning, Triumph. I know today has already been a very special day for us here at the church. And you've already noticed that three of our pastoral team members that are usually on the platform are not here today. Kind of the perfect storm. I've had my pre-spring uh, break trip planned for quite some time. And then um, Cleveland and Trent, they got a trip to um, Arizona and we're all gone. But I'm very proud of our team. I'm very proud of this day. And it is my privilege to introduce to you our speaker for the day, Karen Holford. Shalom and Boker Tov. Last Sunday, Pastor Rob made some comment. He was just sure I came home from Israel speaking fluent Hebrew. Well, that's about as good as it gets, and that's your lesson for today. That's good morning and hello. <laughs> so, but as most of you know, Jessica Sanders and I just returned from our trip to Israel. And during the last week of our trip, I received this message from Pastor Trent. He was like, hey, Karen, how's your trip going? And um, by the way, can you preach March 1st? I was like, okay, good to hear from you, Trent. <laughs> so sure, I'll work on that. So here I am. But um, I just want to really thank all of you guys that kept us lifted up in prayer while we were there. Those prayers were definitely felt and received. We felt the hand of the Lord in everything that we did, and um, particularly on our trip home. We discovered like about a week before we left for the trip that they had totally changed our return itinerary. And we left Tel Aviv knowing that we were going to land at JFK and have one hour to make our connecting flight to Dallas. Well, that just simply doesn't work with international flights. There's no way you're going to get your baggage, get through customs, get through passport check and security and all that. So. The airline caught it and tried to make some adjustments for us, and it looked like we were going to have the six-and-a-half-hour layover in New York. We were like, what? okay, at least we're going to get home on the day we're supposed to get home on. So we, the plane lands at JFK, and we get off the plane, and there's eight of us, and seven of the group were on the left-hand side of the plane as we were leaving, and I was on the right-hand side of the plane. So we get off. And I get stuck in this major ball of traffic. I can't get out of into the aisle to get out. And I finally get out. And we hit the air bridge. And Jessica and all the students are there. And just as I'm approaching, I see Jessica talking to this woman. And she, she looks back and sees me and nods and says, OK, here she comes. Let's go. And we take off. I'm dragging my rolly bag. And suddenly, we're rolling at a very rapid clip off the plane and through the airport. And I have no idea who this woman is. What's going on? What's happening? And, and as we're walking along, the lady barks back, everybody download mobile passport onto your cell phone. 
Well, I've got one left hand trying to download an app on my phone while the right hand's pulling the bag. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not getting this done. And we finally stop and we get this done. I said, Jessica, who is this? And she said, it is a Delta Airlines representative. Actually, we decided she was an angel in the form of a Delta Airlines representative. She met, she met us, met Jessica getting off the plane with a sign with our names on it and said, follow me. And she whisked us through some kind of VIP check-in line, security, passport, baggage claim, customs, you name it. And next thing we know, we're sitting in the terminal waiting for a flight that's going to leave in less than an hour. And so instead of having a six and a half hour layover, we only had about an hour and a half layover. And we got home at three o'clock, I think, in the afternoon instead of eight o'clock that evening. So that was a huge blessing and a huge hallelujah moment for all of us. So again, thank you guys for all your prayers. But, uh, you know, with all the big guys gone this morning and I knew nobody was going to be here, I kind of felt like the substitute teacher. I don't know if they still do this, but when I was a kid in school and you got a substitute teacher at the last minute, instead of having to do any work, you usually just got to watch a movie. So I kind of toyed with that, <laughs> but I, I decided to be a good kid, but uh, anyway, we had a wonderful trip, but it's really good to be back home. It's good to be back home to family and to all of you guys, my church family. I missed you all very much. One of the things that really stood out to me on this trip was how closely the world watches the United States. I mean, I know we're known as the superpower, we're the most developed country, but on a personal and individual level, it, it just really struck me how center stage we personally and as a nation are. Every year, one of the highlights of our trip is getting to visit a friend of ours named Udi, and he's an artist and he owns an art gallery in the Cardo district of the old city Jerusalem. Udi's just one of those people that you meet and you know your life is better for having met them. And he's, his story is very special. His family was the first family to return and rebuild in Jerusalem after the Six-Day War, which um, regained Israel's independence and access to her homeland. And actually, it was a nine-year-old Udi and his father that returned his mother and his younger siblings stayed behind until she was really convinced that it was safe to return. But Udi never paints a picture without a story and an inspiration behind it. And he considers his customers his friends. Well, while we were there on February 2nd, I received an email from him. Okay, I know all of his friends from the United States probably received the same email. I know that Jessica and Cheryl did. But um, in this email was included a, a copy of his latest picture of his painting and the story behind it. And the email begins, Dear Karen, it is Super Bowl Sunday. On the field, two teams will fight against each other. But once the game is over, they will go back to being friends. From far away in Israel, I notice that this is not the case with American politics today. The game is never over. I believe the Lord chose the United States to lead the free world. 
And years ago, the United States chose an eagle as their symbol, and an eagle needs his two wings to fly. Without one of them, he will fly in circles. My wish to you and to all of us is to be able to use both of our wings and let the blessed winds lift us up. So, Kevin, if we could put that picture up. His email goes on to read, I am enclosing a picture of the painting of an eagle that I created for my children after reading to them a poem that retired 31st Commandant of the U.S. Marines, General Charles Krulak, used to read to his Marines, and below is the poem. Many of you may recognize it. I've read a, a similar version of it. But this is entitled, The Eagle and the Wolf. There is a great battle that rages, rages inside of me. One side is the soaring eagle. Everything that the eagle stands for is good and true and beautiful. It soars above the clouds. Even though it dips down into the valleys, it lays its eggs upon the mountaintops. The other side of me is a howling wolf. And that raging, howling wolf represents the worst that is in me. He eats upon my downfalls and justifies himself by his presence in the pack. Who wins this great battle? The one I feed. The one I feed. I challenge you all to feed the eagle. And remember, your nation depends upon it. So you guys can all sigh a breath of relief now. This is not going to be a political sermon. <laughs> but it made me ponder, who am I feeding? As an American with the whole world watching and listening, what am I saying? What do I want them to hear? And then the more I thought about that, I thought, more importantly, as a Christian, who am I feeding? What do I want the world, or at least my little tiny slice of it, to hear and to see? This past fall, we ladies at our women's retreat were very blessed to have Pam Swanson lead us in a wonderful Bible teaching about remaining connected to the king. And she began by leading us through Colossians 1.12 and 1.13. And that starts, if you want to bring that up, Kevin. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you. <clears throat> and in my notes, I have typed that qualified you in caps. So I ask that you would read and receive that in caps. The Father has qualified you to receive and share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. <clears throat> For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. He's brought us into the kingdom of light. In Pam's teaching, she pointed out that at all times we are yielded to one kingdom or the other. There simply is no third choice. 
When we accept Christ in our hearts, we must learn to own, connect, and express the kingdom of light. Every moment of every day, we must choose where we connect. We must choose who we feed. So how do we know which kingdom we're connecting to? Well, the kingdom of darkness is led by fear, and the kingdom of light is led by peace. Satan's emotions are fear, anger, jealousy, self-doubt, and sadness. And if you ever want to really experience having to beat down the wolf of fear and self-doubt, just be told that you're going to preach on March 1st. <laughs> it was a battle. But um, God's emotions are listed in Galatians 5.22 and 5.23. Let me put those up. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I didn't give Kevin the scripture, but Isaiah 55, 12, <clears throat> according to the Holman Christian version, reads, If you're in the kingdom of peace, you will indeed go out with joy and be peacefully guided. This is the kingdom that we as Christians are invited and called to receive, to reside in. Have you ever thought about the fact that we spend more time talking to and hearing from ourselves than we do anybody else? I mean, I don't know about you guys, but my mind goes all the time. There's always a conversation. And, of course, I, I pretty much have a career where... A, 85% of the time I'm working by myself. It's me and my horses in my mind. And I talk to them a lot, but I talk to myself a lot as well. But um, unfortunately, a good majority of these conversations spend way more time building our fears <clears throat> and tearing ourselves down than they do building ourselves up. So how do we learn to choose peace? How do we learn to feed the eagle. Proverbs 4.23 tells us that above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So what this means is that we're supposed to think about what we're thinking about. It's really easy to be deceived into thinking that we don't have any control over what we're thinking about. <clears throat> but that's a lie. The enemy will always try to fill our minds with wrong thinking, but we do not have to receive it. I've heard Pastor Rob say it like, it, like this. We can, can't always keep the birds from flying overhead, but we can keep them from building a nest. But praise God, he always provides an antidote. Philippians 4.8 says, But finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent 
or praiseworthy think about such things. And in verse 9, Paul goes on to say, Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the peace of God will be with you. <clears throat> Paul spent all of his time preaching the word of God. And here we find him telling the church, we're the church. Everybody say, I'm the church. If you will focus on what God says about you, what God says about your circumstances, and what God says about your future, if you will think about it, meditate on it, and walk it out, then the God of peace will be with you. And the seeds of what we are feeding on will begin to bear good fruit. And I, d I did not give Kevin this scripture, but Matthew 12, 34 in the New King James reads, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Joyce Meyer says, Every word we speak can either be a brick to build or a bulldozer to destroy. And I think that includes both the words that come out of our mouths to others but the words we say to ourselves in our own heart and in our own mind. So, basically, who we feed is determined by what we feed on. While we were in Israel, we visited a hospital in Nazareth that is supported by a Christian organization called the Nazareth Trust. And this organization also owns and runs an open-air museum and a farm called the Nazareth Village. It's a first-century farm that represents the life and times and teachings of Jesus. And it is literally located on a site that's remarkably untouched and unchanged since Jesus' time. This village is complete with characters dressed in period costumes. There's farm animals. Um, there's olive trees and vegetable gardens. There's a replica of a wine press and a stone quarry and an olive press, a carpenter shop, every, everything, a mikvah, a synagogue that would have been there uh, when Jesus grew up. In fact, the village actually preserves the very last remaining fields that were most likely worked by Jesus' friends, families, and fellow, fellow villagers. But at the end of the tour, everyone is kind of ushered back into a main room, <clears throat> and everyone is given a, this little miniature clay oil lamp. And the hope, as they hand you this oil lamp, and as you lead, leave, is that you will go out and continue to walk in the light as he is in the light, and that we will let our light shine among men. Oh, Kevin, if you would put that picture up. And that, that picture just really grabbed me. I thought, that, that, that's our job. That's what we're called to do. And it made me wonder, is there enough oil in my lamp to shine the light of Christ to everyone that I come in contact with?
There's only one way to remain connected to the kingdom light, light and let that light shine through us. And that's by spending time with the one who is the light, with the one who is the Prince of Peace. It's critically important that we understand that we do not truly know who we really are until we develop a personal relationship with Jesus. Our knowing him helps us to know who he created us to be. Bernard Clairvaux, a Cistercian monk, wrote a profound book in the 1100s titled Loving God, in which he states, The highest degree of love is that we simply love ourselves as God loves us. In the same manner, in the same degree, and with the very same love. He went on to write, How many people I have met, old and young, strong and weak, who alongside the damage of sin in their nature and the hurts and harms of negative experiences continue to be less than God created them to be because they refuse to believe how much God loves them, cares for them, and has provided everything they need to become the man or woman of his original design because they chose the wrong kingdom because they chose to feed the howling wolf. They say that the longer you're with someone, the more likely it is that you will become like them. And this is true of our relationship with Christ. The more time we spend with him, the more we become like him. And this is what enables us to be, enables the Lord to be visible to those around us. This is what enables us to be the light that shines in the darkness. This is what enables our smiles to ring loudly to the hurting. If the word is not shaping us, then the world is. Our last Sunday in Israel, we had the privilege of attending the largest Christian church in Israel, the King of Kings. If you know me, you know that God has given me a huge passion for Israel. But God has also broken my heart for her people. As you spend time there and you're walking through the land beautiful of the Bible, you're, you're most often surrounded by fellow believers, Christians there on the Holy Land pilgrimage, students from abroad, variety of reasons. But that you, then you learn that tragically, only 2% of her population residents are Christians. And that just breaks my heart. So if you would join with me, not only praying for the peace and safety of Israel and Jerusalem, but also for the redemption of her people. But the King of Kings Church is doing a, an amazing job of making a huge impact in Jerusalem and in other satellite locations in the area. And during the service we attended, Pastor Chad Holland concluded his message with Galatians 6.9. He said, And let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. He said that the kingdom of God is not for quitters. 
Now, Jessica and I, at the very at the end of a very weary trip, were pretty positive he was speaking directly to us. <laughs> but I think that's a, I'm pretty confident that's a good word for all of us. The kingdom is not for quitters. We got to stay connected. But in closing, I'd like to read this Psalm 4031. <clears throat> this is actually one of my favorite scriptures. And I actually pray this daily over my husband. It says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they will walk and not faint. So like my friend Udi, I challenge all of us to feed the eagle. time pastor hannah will come up and close us out and call for the offering thank you so much karen that was such a good word yes give her hands that was so good i love that i think that's such a good reminder of just what god has done for us and um to continue to not let the lies that you know, you kind of just on repeat in your mind, I'm like Karen, constantly you can easily get into those uh, mind games of you feel like you're almost just fighting those thoughts that are so negative about yourself. And um, from that, it's hard to to um, be a witness to others. And um, yeah, so that is so good. I, I definitely have uh, moments where I just... I just kind of like sit and think about the gifts of the spirit and I just, I pray them over myself. Let Lord give me like, you know, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control just over and over and filling yourself up with the, the words of God, the truth that he has um, uh, given us in his word is so good. So thank you for that word. That was awesome. Really awesome. Um, if the ushers are back there, awesome, perfect. Go ahead and everyone can stand. We're gonna go ahead and um, take up offering. Uh, this is for people who call Triumph Home. If you are a guest here today, we do not expect you to give anything, but if you do call Triumph Home, um, we um, would love if you would pour your resources into um, helping us continue doing what we're doing here. So um, I'm just gonna go ahead and pray. Um, and there are three ways to give. I don't know if we have a slide usually. So you can give in the buckets right now. You can give online at triumphtulsa.com or you can text any amount um, to that number. And it's really easy to set up if you've never set it up. And once it's set up, it's done. So I'm gonna go ahead and pray this out. Um, and then we are gonna sing a little bit of a song. So Lord, um, we just thank you for this time that you have given us to just um, learn more about you and and uh, and your word and, and that the truths that you um, speak over us, the truths that you want for us, God. Lord, I pray that we would just um, be filled with your spirit, God, that we would be filled with, with love and goodness and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control, God, that we would be a people that would just exuberate those gifts, God, and that people would know and could see that your spirit lives in us, God. God, I pray that we would be a people that just continue to seek after your word and read your word and dig in and, and that we would just know and know and know. Um, you, we would have your, your word written on our heart, Lord. God, you are good. Lord, we pray over this offering. God, we pray that you would um, bless it, that you would um, use it uh, to the best.
to just reach the most amount of people, Lord. God, you're holy.